0: welcome to this new episode of the Geek Town Behind the Scenes podcast. I'm your host Dave Elliott and on this episode I'm chatting with Kevin Matley, composer on the film Concrete Cowboy, which is available to watch right now on Netflix UK and worldwide. The movie stars Caleb McLaughlin as Cole, a troubled teen who is sent to live with his estranged father, played by Idris Elba, for the summer and finds himself caught between a life of crime and his father's vibrant urban cowboy subculture. The film is based on the novel Ghetto Cowboy by Gene Neri, but these are urban riders actually do exist in areas of philly and brooklyn in the usa it's a really odd and wonderfully interesting film i really urge you to go and watch it it's on netflix right now for the film's score kevin purposely worked with a smaller orchestra and only had them record one or two takes in order to expose the humanity within the playing in order to amplify the intensity for some of the heightened scenes he picked up everyday objects such as buckets and bottles and frying pans for the percussionist to use adding this raw element to his ambient score if you'd like to hear more behind the scenes interviews don't forget to subscribe wherever you get your podcast by searching for geek town radio this gives you our weekly geek town radio podcast which brings you all the latest tv film and gaming news you can also go to the website at geektown.co.uk for daily news stories and all the latest uk and us tv premiere dates here's the interview with kevin Matley, composer on the film concrete cowboy available now on netflix <laughs> Thank you for coming on and chatting for a little bit about your work and this new film you have out. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're very welcome. Have you been working through the pandemic on this or was it something that you started pre-pandemic?
1: We actually finished the dub stage, which is the final step in the process, right before all the shutdowns started to happen. It's, it's funny, actually, my flight home from Burbank to Seattle um, was almost empty because people were starting to get that sort of you know, awareness of what was going on. Going on. Right. Um, and then when I got home, everything kicked into full gear.
0: <laughs> yeah. I was actually out in L.A. just in February. So literally before I landed. And then about three days later, everything got locked out. <laughs> it was just nuts So, <laughs> So before we get into talking about the film specifically, how about we get a bit of background about you? How did you get started in the industry?
1: Yeah. Well, my name's Kevin Matley. I'm a, I'm a film composer. I, I've been doing this for about uh, 10, 11 years now. Now, I got started because I was actually producing bands before I was uh, writing music for film. Ah. And this film company contacted a band that I produced and this production company and this creative lead, Jeff Taylor, who still to this day is a, a dear friend of mine. He has this commercial that he wants this artist to write music for and was like, hey, I love this record that you made. And the artist, he didn't have to do this, but he told them that, hey, this other guy, Kevin, who produced this <laughs> record of mine, uh, actually wrote a lot of the string arrangements and everything that you really like about it. And so the artist I produced was like, well, how about Kevin and I collaborate on it and we'll write it together. And so that was kind of my first job was with um, this artist that I produced. And then this this guy, Jeff Taylor, who works for this film production company. And it was a really beautiful commercial for LLB and it didn't pay much, but it was awesome because it was like the first time I had written music in a long time versus just producing bands and kind of helping arrange songs with people. There's uh, to me, it was it was really cool kind of merging story and music for the first time. And I'd always kind of had this this sort of sense of awe of like music and story and and watching films as a kid and starting to like pick up on music and when it was happening and why it was happening and um, the effect it was having on me as the viewer. And so to finally be in that space where you're like, oh, I get to actually do this now this is so cool it was you know it was just such a blast and so I think from there I just sort of realized this is probably where my my real like true love of music lies and so I kind of did a career shift from there and just kept doing uh, music for film from there on out basically just trying to gather as many clientele as I could and getting you know just different ads and and short films and anything I could get my hands on and and just build my clientele base from there
0: yeah and you've done documentaries and stuff before but this is your first dramatic feature isn't it i think
1: yes it is i did a short film with ricky the the director of concrete cowboy ricky staub that was my first narrative short and then this would be the first feature. Yeah, everything else has been documentary.
0: It's a crazy project to get involved with because it's based off a true story as well, which seems bizarre given the subject matter of it because it's about these urban horse-riding cowboys, essentially. It's a really strange but lovely story. I saw the film last week sometime and I really, really enjoyed it. And Idris Elba obviously is brilliant, as Idris Elba always (laughs) is, as well as the rest of the cast. How did you come to approach the music for it
1: yeah I, well I mean just to touch on one thing you said like I think everybody's reaction when they hear this is like what in the world and that's, that's kind <laughs> of amazing too because we're we're exposing this little uh, portion of American culture that a lot of people don't know about and so when Ricky yeah. told me about this he's like I have a script for this film about you know cowboys and horseback riding in the city of Philadelphia I, I had the same reaction as anybody where I'm like I gotta go I gotta go find out about this because this is hilarious and, yeah. and, and weird and crazy and and uh, and so I read about it I was like oh my gosh this is actually a amazing. And so when I read the script, I was like, this is such a cool story and such a cool piece of history. And so for me, like musical ideas and everything just started flying. Like when I read it, I just felt so inspired by the story. And so my approach to the music was very much like, you know, conversational with Ricky. He gave me the script early on, like I said, and then, um, you know, he he was sending me dailies as they were shooting. And it was just a lot of uh, a lot of back and forth, a lot of ideas. That's kind of how we started with it.
0: You are using an orchestra for it, but you you went for quite a small orchestra and that sort of comes across in the music. There seems to be quite a light touch across the whole film. It's almost ethereal the way it's kind of embedded Mm -hmm. in there in some places as well. Do you just want to talk about sort of bringing that orchestra together and and how you work with that?
1: Yeah, I think right off the bat, we really didn't want a big Hollywood orchestra sound, you know, like the giant Hans Zimmer sound. It obviously wasn't the the right film for that. Um, And so I, I kind of fell in love with this idea of when you have a lot of players in the orchestra, anybody's imperfections gets covered up by somebody else's, you know, ten other people's playing, right? So yeah, and, and you could have it, you could have an even extended conversation about community and people coming together to create something beautiful. That's kind mm-hmm. of what an orchestra is. Like the more people that you have together, the more sort of perfect it sounds. It's it's there's yeah. a there's a beauty to like all of these imperfections together that's actually perfect. And so what I wanted to do was kind of remove players to the point where it was a little more. Exposed. I wanted I wanted to get a little bit more uh, sort of grit and and humanity out of the performances. And so I, I used probably like a third or even less players that you would use in a traditional Hollywood score. And it, it kind of accomplished a lot of what I was looking for, which was like you said, there was like a kind of a lush ambience to things. And that's largely responsive to Ricky's filmmaking style. He's a very visceral, um, you know, almost surreal, but also very gritty in his storytelling and is, is filming and everything. And so for me, the, the music kind of had to reflect that in, in having this sort of like lush, wide soundscape with these raw human performances over it. So there's a lot of like solo instruments, like uh, solo trumpet and, uh, and saw, musical saw. So with the orchestra, the same thing was with like the room we were in. I wanted it to be not in a big grand hall or a big scoring stage. I wanted it to be in um, what we ended up in was a, a converted church. And it's kind of a small room. <sighs> That still sounds cinematic, but it has kind of a, a slightly more intimate sound to it.
0: Yeah. Now that makes sense. Um, you are not only the composer on this. I mean, when you look up on IMDb, you're also music editor, orchestrator, score orchestrator, score mixer. <laughs> so regular kind of one man army, I guess, for a minute.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. That's uh, that's true. And and I had to um, I had to work all the hours of all those people too.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm guessing not getting paid the Uh, the, the hours of all those people for some of them I was other
1: ones it wasn't but it's you know it was a blast regardless
0: I mean I guess that's quite nice as well because you get more control over how the music goes into the project particularly I mean if you're working closely with the director anyway if you're doing all those jobs you've got a little bit more of a handle on, on where things go, I guess.
1: Yeah, yes and no. I mean, I feel like there's a beauty to having a team in in terms mm. of like, I, I'm writing this music and it's an idea I have and I've put it on paper. And it's um, at that point, it's literally just an idea. And then you take it to these musicians and suddenly they're putting their personality into it. And I always tell the musicians I work with, I'm like, you know, this this music is now us. It's no it's not just me. And it's uh, we're all part of this thing that we're, we're making come alive together. And the same thing with the team. Like when I work with my assistant or other people that can come on board, they all put their like little twists and things into what they do. And, and there's a lot of people I work with that I like what they do in particular that they just sort of add to it, sort of unsolicited. Mm. And um, and I, I really, really like that. I think that when I get too much control, I can be a bit too, um, oh, I don't know what the word is, but I, I just overthink it.
0: <laughs> right, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> analysis paralysis, sense. they say.
0: Yes, yes, I get that. I get that totally. There are some intensive moments in this as well so that obviously requires a bit more than than some of the kind of more ethereal stuff that you're you're getting in some of the softer scenes i believe you used some interesting percussion instruments to get those sort of bigger noises in there
1: yeah i was kind of inspired by um there's there's a scene where uh two of the characters are running through this tunnel and there's just some uh there's some garbage off in the distance on the ground and i was like you know it'd be really cool to take some of the aesthetic that you see in the film and turn these everyday objects into instruments and use them. And uh, what sounds, you know, more aggressive than banging drumsticks on a piece of sheet metal and, and buckets. And so that's, that's what, yeah, I, went, I went out and got some uh, some some beer bottles and some some buckets and some sheet metal and uh, fry pans. And then my friend James McAllister got me hooked on this. Um, you can get these these like vintage metal light switch covers. And when you right. when you when you get like 10 or 15 of these things and start hitting them all, they all have a different sound. And so I use that <laughs> in a few different cues kind of tucked in underneath the just sounds like this very abstract you know there's there's not really like a a, a nationality or any sort of like thing you could say that this sounds like but it's percussive and it's really kind of fun to put in different scenes like that
0: yeah i love weird instruments that sort of stuff when you people are scoring things that you know there's some wonderfully strange things that people use out there were there any other kind of slightly odd more obscure traditional instruments in there or any other stuff like that
1: Uh, i use a musical saw which was surprisingly really hard to find like i went through my normal <laughs> channels of asking different people, like, "Hey, do you know somebody who plays musical saw?" and everyone from like my orchestrator to um, the guy who like coordinates all of the musicians I use to friends and even online researches, I couldn't find anything until a friend of mine was like, "Oh, hey, I know a guy who out in New York." And so I still haven't met him, but his name is Olivier Manchun. I, I hope I'm not butchering his last name. He's French, he's a wonderful <laughs> guy. He did all the saw, the musical saw, and it was. So super fun like i just i'd send them these pieces and we talk about it a little bit and then you send it back and it was like perfectly amazing for what i was looking for and um it was it was i mean it's also kind of a cool process of just getting to like work over the internet with people that you you know, you don't meet but they you're collaborating together
0: yeah that's awesome i mean are musical saws are they specifically made to be musical saws then or are they just like saws that people then use are they, are they yeah, a specific instrument that's a good clarifying
1: point um so a musical saw is is an actual like old school metal saw for cutting trees that's mm. you know long and has a handle and you put it between your legs and you as you bend it it changes the pitch while you're running a like a, a violin bow across it right yeah and so these people have like mastered playing these things and bending them and and you know becoming virtuosos with <laughs> these really obscure <laughs> instruments um but a lot of a lot of what i was doing with the the saw and a lot of the you know melodic content was i i wanted a very simple approach to everything it, it's a very musically simple score and I I wanted it to to be that way.
0: Something like a musical story also seems quite appropriate for a film like this because there's a certain amount of kind of industrialness to it and it also being a little bit cowboy as well. So, you know.
1: Well, and the fact that, you you know, there's a horse in a house and it's like, yeah, you got to have something weird, right? Like, (laughs) that's that's kind of odd.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, totally. No, I think it completely fits. Did you have a particular favorite scene to score in the film? Probably when harp has Paul over to his house for
1: the first time so harp is played by idris elba and his son Paul, played by caleb mclaughlin uh comes over to his house for the first time caleb's kind of like where am i this is this is all new and, and different and odd and scary and uh he ends up falling asleep on his dad's couch and there's a there's a cue that i wrote for that that um i kind of implemented throughout the film and it was one of those cues that just sort of came pretty naturally and quickly and i just um, just really enjoyed writing that piece and i also really enjoyed t- taking that and implementing it, uh, you know, into the very last you um, and several others throughout the film.
0: Yeah. so It's lovely seeing that as well, because he's very much no idea what's going on. He's just kind of met a horse in a house and it's just it's all very weird. <laughs> We mentioned beforehand this is your first sort of uh, narrative film, but you've done documentaries before. Is there a huge difference to you when approaching those two types of projects? Yeah, it's funny I get asked that a lot, and I
1: I don't feel like there is too much. I feel like each project has a different musical need, and so obviously my approach is going to be different if I'm doing electronic or uh, or yeah. jazz or classical or whatever it is. And um and I and I try to get into a different headspace each time, so I'm not doing the same thing twice. Mm. Um, but it's As far as like music to picture, music to story, I feel like my job is kind of the same every time. And it's to enhance the emotional undertone of the story and and bring out what people are feeling. A friend of mine uh, that I used to work for who's a brilliant composer told me that he said music tells the viewer what the characters are feeling while the dialogue tells the viewer what the characters are thinking. And so (laughs) I felt like I kind of took that into my career just feeling like we all have been telling stories since the dawn of time as human beings and we started putting music into it when we could and it's it just elevates things in a really cool way and regardless of whether the story is true or not my goal kind of feels the same which is just to make the story as compelling as possible
0: yeah that makes total sense Uh, it's a really interesting way of looking at it the film is out uh, probably by the time this interview goes out it will be out on Netflix it's really wonderful movie what else are you working on have you got any upcoming things you can talk about
1: well first of all thank you for the kind words on the film that's really cool to hear Um, for the future I'm going to be working on a documentary later this year called uh, Between the Rains. And it's a, uh, it's a documentary about these two Kenyan tribes who have been at war with each other for decades over water <laughs> supply. Wow. And it follows a young boy from one of the tribes who's being raised to be a warrior because they have these these ongoing wars. It deals with global warming a little bit, just with water supply diminishing and coming back. And it's really, really beautifully shot. I got to see some of the clips so far, and it's directed by my friend Andrew Harrison Brown, who I worked for on a documentary called Kufaru in 2019. And uh, yeah, that will be released next year. That sounds really
0: interesting. Do you know where that's, is, is that going for festivals and stuff or is that released on a streamer? Do you know any of that?
1: Yeah, Between the Rains will be going into the festival circuit in the fall. So we're going to try and right. wrap it up or before fall.
0: Okay, awesome. Last couple of questions for you. First question is, what TV shows are you watching at the moment? <laughs> well, my wife
1: and I just finished Breaking Bad for the third time, mm-hmm. which I absolutely love that show. I think it's yeah. probably one of the greatest TV shows of all time yes and I think that the, the score by Dave Porter is just so brilliant it's so different every episode and just so well crafted and executed
0: yeah I love that show I actually we're doing a podcast at the moment where we did the first season we've got the second season to do so I'm sort of re-watching it and then we're talking <laughs> about it as well as uh, on a show so it's, it's really fun doing that but I love love that show it's one of the best TV shows ever made I agree um, and the last question is if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show it can be something from the past something in the present or some sort of future genre which show would it be
1: well I guess now I have to say better call Saul right <laughs> <laughs> well yes of course yeah um, either that or uh, or some sort of like they make a second Breaking Bad movie yeah that would be awesome I really yeah, you know honestly I really want to work on a uh, on a I, my wife wouldn't be too happy about me saying this but I really want to work on a horror film I think it'd be so fun <laughs> just because of the obscure instruments you can use on horror films or just oh yeah it's, it's just a free-for-all
0: yeah so I could have imagine your wife's face filled with horror as your house fills up with really odd instruments yeah. but yes horror films always strike me as something which for a composer must be amazing amounts of fun to work on yeah so. yeah awesome well thank you for chatting with me it's been lovely i love the movie and um, i hope people go out and watch it on netflix hopefully we can talk again in the future at some point great thanks david cheers bye